we're in a, a shift. And I was going to talk about the, sh- the shift and the suddenlies. And I believe there will be suddenlies within this shift that we're getting ready to experience. So um, um, that was a good word, too, concerning that. Now, I know we've experienced shifts before, um, one other one specifically, but those are shifts that are all coming to change. And actually, it's to move us into a greater awakening of the things of God, okay? And there'll be suddenlies. Um, um, so I just want to talk a little bit about suddenlies. You know, when the Lord was talking to me about this message, the only thing I could think of it, how many of you have been to the State Fair and you went up and you saw some of the history that's available there? Not everybody, when they go to the State Fair, go looking for the history of the State Fair. But there is a couple of buildings um, up in the one, one part behind the Pioneer Hall that has the history of the State Fair. And, and you can go in there. And years ago, year, I'm talking years ago, the State Fair, they would have one of the main events at the State Fair was these trains that would come together and collide, just like that, come together. And, and people just thought that was great. You know, that was a, that was a main event, you know. And so they had a screen there where they were showing the video or the, the movie from the, that time frame where those, those trains would come together and they would just explode. Well, that's what we're going to experience is these things are suddenly, they're going to come together and they're just going to explode. It'll be a suddenly and it'll explode and things will change. Now, I'm not talking about a piece of dynamite <laughs> and, and the building's going to explode or your car's going to explode or your house or whatever. I'm talking about things coming together and just, bam, all of a sudden it's going to be different. It's going to go from this way to this way. It's going to be different. And so you have to, as a believer, understand that those things are getting ready to happen. And it, they've been talked about, oh, I think they were being talked about in 2016 even, and probably throughout the whole time frame, the suddenlies that can happen. And, of course, in the Word, it talks about the suddenlies and acts quite a bit. Okay? So, so um, anyway, um, are, you, are you positioned? Are you in a place to receive a suddenly? Do you know if you're in a place to receive a suddenly? Let's look at that. Um, you know, um, let's, well, let's see. Let's start with, uh, let's see. I didn't think we'll go there first. Let's go, let's go to, um, I think we'll go to, um, Luke. We'll start with Luke first. But, you know, a suddenly can, it can just happen immediately. There's no, not necessarily any warning about it. It just, it just, um, changes. And what it does is it changes the course of, of the event. So it changes the course of what's happening in, in, on earth. Okay. So Luke 24, 49. And this was a, this was a big suddenly for, for those, the, the believers back then. And this is Jesus talking here. Luke 24, 49. Okay, so Jesus is saying, And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So so he was giving them a command to, to tarry, basically, to stay in a place to receive the suddenly that was coming. Now, how many of you have been given 
a promise from the Father. A promise. A promise from the Father? Amen? Amen? Have you been given a promise from the Father? If you don't know that you have, you probably have and don't know it. Does that make sense? <laughs> that was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> but anyway, anyway, find that promise. Where's that promise at? What has he promised you? Has he promised your your children to serve God? Has he promised you that your children are going to serve God? Has he promised you that uh, you're called to do this and this and this? Has he promised you that all your needs are met? Financial needs are met? Has he promised that? What word has he given you? Now, he can give you a word. Or he can give you a promise in the scripture. You know, when he gives you a word, it's him talking to you. It's the same as... uh, getting a promise out of here but your word will always line up with the promises amen it'll always agree uh spirit and word always agree so when you've been given a word do you just ignore it or how many of you write it down and believe and continue to pull pull the manifestation of that in do you do that do you do you say well i believe i received that and our, you know, like we've been singing that word that Kim wrote, that Daniel gave us, you know, about run forward, heed instruction. You see, and that gets in our hearts. So that immediately when we hear an instruction, we're quick to do it. We don't just throw it aside because we've been meditating on that word that was given to us. Now, a word can be given to you, but it doesn't necessarily mean if it doesn't bear witness with you, what I do, if it doesn't bear witness with me, I set it on the shelf. And I and I go I go look at it every once in a while. Is that is there anything that the Lord's been telling me? Because somebody can come up and prophesy to you, but if you don't have that witness on the inside of you, you don't act on what they tell you to do. Years ago, I was in a church where there was a couple, and the minister at that time supposedly was prophetic, but um, he gave a word to this couple. They run off on it and got married. And they've had trouble ever since. But they have stayed together. But see, they needed to find that out themselves. They needed to not just listen to what that word was that came, even though it was their pastor. They had to listen to that. They had to uh, pray it out and, and, and find out if it is that what God's telling me. You know, we jump too quick sometimes. Too, too quick to jump out there and do stuff that maybe God hasn't told you yet. Or if he's told you, it may not be time for it. You know, there's a, there's a timing and a season for things, and we have to understand those, those seasons. And right now we're, in, we're, we're close to a shift, but we're not quite there yet. But we're in the midst of it. Wow, oh, that don't make sense. But, you know, we're coming close to it, the, the manifestation of it. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so... Okay, so let's uh so here's Jesus telling them that they needed to tarry. So so God will give you a promise and he'll tell you uh this and this is getting ready to happen and this and this is getting ready to happen. My 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 part, my job is do I when he gives me something like, you know, for myself or for the church, is that happening right now? Where is that? No matter when when it is to happen, my job is to pray. And to pull it in and to believe that what he said is going to come to pass. I expect it to happen. There should be an expectancy in, in that. If there's no expectancy, there's no faith. You understand what I'm saying? You become wishy-washy <clears throat> and you don't believe necessarily. Oh, it may not ever happen. <clears throat> it's like I told you before. If you don't, 
get it as fast as you do your McDonald's hamburger, then it isn't going to happen. That's not true. Look at the, look at the, um, well, which one? There was the woman with the 18 years that was healed in, in the sanctuary or the tabernacle. And then there was the woman with the issue of blood, the 12 years. All these people were believing God or, or wanting, wanting to be healed. And they had been waiting and waiting and waiting for that to happen. And see the woman with the issue of blood, she was pressing in. She was pressing in. She wanted more of God in that situation. <clears throat> she was pressing in. Then all of a sudden, she was healed after 12 years of believing God, after 12 years of doctors and wanting change in her life. Amen? After 12 years of that. So <clears throat> we, see, we see here that Jesus is telling them to wait, to tarry, to go and tarry. Amen? Let's look at Acts 1. 114, please. One fourteen, Acts one fourteen. Uh, we can start with 13 a little bit, and, and but basically they were all coming together in the upper room. And when they had entered, they mounted to the upper upper room where they were indefinitely staying. Indefinitely. You like that word, indefinitely? If God told you to go to the upper room, you could be there indefinitely. But they had a heart to wait for what God had promised. They had a heart. They had an expectancy because God had told them it's coming. Amen? And so at verse 14, all of these with their minds in full agreement, they were all in agreement with what they were there waiting for devoted themselves steadfastly to prayer, waiting together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They were all steadfastly waiting. See, that's what, that they have one mind, one accord, and one passion. They're unanimously waiting for the promise that, that Jesus had told them about. The promise. Would you be able to do that? Would you be able to come here? God promised there was this and this and this. Could you come here and steadfastly wait till his his promise came? Could you do that? Could you wait 18 years? Could you wait 20 years? Could you wait 10 years? God told you this was going to happen. You know, Dick and I had a vision for this area probably 35 years now. Believe in God for this area. Steadfast. No matter what the attacks were or what the problems were that came our way, we stayed steadfast. And, and um, you know, we, we were asked to pastor a church in Georgia. This was quite a few years ago. So we, we prayed about it, looked at it, prayed about it. No, no, no. We were called here. We were called here to do this. Amen? And I don't consider us being martyrs for being here. Because this area has been held for God. This area has been held. We've stood against the demonic influences that have wanted to take this whole area to hell. Amen? But we're not going to allow that to happen. So you have to stand. You have to expect God's going to come and God's going to move and God's going to do something. You have to expect that. And see, you don't only expect it, but you confess it. You speak it out and you say it. 
Just like God spoke spoke the heavens and the earth into existence, we speak that in by what we say and what, what we believe in our heart and what we say. We speak those things into manifestation. Amen? Amen? Are, are you getting something out of this? You, if you're expecting a promise to come to pass, then you have to be expecting it. You can't be wishy-washy about it. You can't not have faith about it. You have to expect it to come. And then it's like I've told you before, it's like you cast your fishing line and you get a hold of that fish, and I don't care how big it is. We're believing for this whole area, central region of the United States. It didn't start out that way. It was just Marshalltown, you know, but, but God has caused that to be, become bigger on the inside of me. So you get a hold of that big fish. Are you going to throw your pole in the water and let it go? Just, oh man, that fish looks too big. I don't think I can reel it in. I, I know a little bit about fishing, guys. Anyway, I don't think I can reel that great big fish in. <laughs> but you know what you do? You dig in. You dig in. And you focus. You set your mind like flint. You said it, I am going to have what God has promised me, and I'm not letting go. I'm not giving up, and I'm not going to say no. I'm going to continue to bring the manifestation of that in. I'm going to pull that. I'm going to roll, reel it in. I'm going to reel it in. Well, maybe once in a while it gets a little slack because of stuff that gets said and people that rebuke you, whatever. But then you just, you know, nope, nope, God said, God said, and I'm in agreement with God said, I'm going to reel that big fish in, amen? I'm going to pull it in. Yeah, so Acts 1.14, um, we talked about that. So 2.1, Acts 2.1, please. one, And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And then um, 2-2, of course. And suddenly there came from heaven. And suddenly there came from heaven. And suddenly there came from heaven. A noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. The whole house where they were sitting. And suddenly, suddenly, so what were they doing? They were in one accord, waiting, one accord, one, one passion, one heartbeat, one purpose. And they were, they were believing to see the manifestation of that. They were all in one accord, one mind, one purpose. So, um, and that's where, where it's really important that we spend time fellowshipping with the Lord. We spend time worshiping. We spend time Finding out what he's saying to you. Because you know what? He's going to be saying the same thing to you that he's saying to this side of the room. <laughs> he's going to be saying the same thing to everybody. And so when he's saying the same thing to everybody, then we can come together in one accord because our hearts are all full. Our hearts are pulling on the thing that he's told us. Amen? He, you, you guys all want the same thing I do. I want to see revival. I want to see this place this area come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's my heart. That's my heart and has been my heart for, well, at least since we've been pastoring 35 years, although I've been born again a lot longer than that. But 35 years pastoring and believing God and continuing to come and pray and not to get discouraged or disappointed. 
And so there'll be things that God will encourage you with along the way. He'll show you something like the penguins. He'll show you something like, he'll show you something like giving you a word like Matthew uh, 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and he's going to add to you. And there's more in that scripture verse, but that's what he told me. He wanted me to focus on the fact that he's going to add to me. He's going to add to us. He's bringing people. He's going to add to us because we have taken the time and we've changed our course a little bit. We've taken the time to get on our faces and seek him. Amen? Not seek the TV on, on Sunday morning even. Not seek the TV, but we've got come together. We get on our faces and we seek him because we want to know who he is. We want to know what he has for us. And we want to know where we're going. I mean, that's what I want to know. I don't know about all of you. Maybe, maybe the TV is something more you seek. I don't know. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just good to know that God is for us and he's not against us. And he has the best thing. He has the best thing. Amen? The best thing for us. And I'm, I'm believing for that manifestation now. Now. Right now. Um, I'm believing for it to be a suddenly. Right now. A suddenly. And you have the right to believe for any situation to be a suddenly in your life as well. You have the right and because God if God has spoken out to you then it will come to pass. He's not um well let's look at that. We'll, we'll jump here sh- jump ship just for a minute. Let's look um um let's look at numbers 2319. And a lot of these scripture verses, you know, I <laughs> I left my notepad here yesterday when I was here praying and um so I got a, a a call. I don't know what time it was last night, about seven o'clock. About you know, I mean, there's been just interesting things happening anyway throughout the week. But there, there was a, a car sitting out here the wrong way, lights on, and somebody had called and told me about that. And then there was another one over here. And so um, then I realized I didn't have my notepad that I had written a lot of my notes down. And so so anyway, I had to. Uh, I had to kind of basically start over. I said, Lord, what are we, what, what have you been telling me? So, so, um, anyway, I got, I got up and started writing down things and it just started rolling out of my heart. He said this and this and God said this and God said this. So one of the things that we're going to go to now is numbers, numbers, um, 23, please. Twenty-three, and that's verse nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will it, and will he not make it good? If he has spoken it, if he's told you, hey, there's nothing else to believe about what he's told you. Amen. If he's promised you something and told you something, there is nothing else to believe but what he has said. Okay? Now, I'm, I, I, I understand there may be a time frame where you need to find out, is that, is, is that line up with the word of God? Is, but um, once you understand all that, if God has spoken, he's not going to lie. He's not going to take it back. He's not going to make it not happen. If he has said it to you, then it is going to happen. Amen? It is going to happen. 
The promise that he's given you is going to happen. Amen? And that is so good. See, and let's look at Deuteronomy as as long as we're right there. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 2, please. I I really want you to get something out of this because there's no place for um, doubt and unbelief. Um, we'll look at that a little bit more here, but Deuteronomy 2, 7 and 8. Um, For the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known your wanderings through the great wilderness these 40 years. The Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacked a thing. So we pass beyond our brother's the sons of Esau who live in Seir, away from the Arab, Arabah road, away from Elah and from Ezon Gebar, <laughs> Gebar. And we turned and passed through by the way of the wilderness to, to Moab. Okay. Then the Lord said to me, do not harass Moab. Basically, he was giving them all these instructions. But he was with them in the midst of the whole thing. He was he was waiting and helping them in the midst of everything. We're going to come back to that in just a minute. But um, I want you to see that um, Isaiah 50 as well. And we'll be back to that because we're going to talk about the, the shift here in just a little bit. Isaiah 50, please. And um, verse 7. For the Lord God helps me, therefore I am not disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Amen? So if you look at that and you you, um, um, study it out, you set your face like flint. means to be courageous, firm. It means to be resolved. I've I've made my mind up. This is what God has told me. You, You are not, you're not good. There's no waiver. You know, remember James says, if if there's any doubt, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord. James, first chapter there. Um, and doubt and unbelief, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord. Okay, let's go back to, I want to go back to Acts now, please. Acts, um, we're going to go to Acts 16. And this is a familiar one to everybody. We're Acts 16. Um Verse 26, and this is about Paul and Silas. Um, and they were imprisoned, and we've talked about this many times. But again, I want you to see this. Um, they, had, they had received many blows. And then verse 26, and suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. So what, what were they doing? Why did that happen? What were they doing? Anybody following along? Yeah, verse 25. But about midnight, the darkest part, the, they probably hurt the worst. They probably felt the worst. Um, you know, they couldn't do anything to help themselves, and they were bleeding and, and um, pain. There was a lot of pain because of what they had, had happened to them. And here they were in this dark dungeon. You know, those dungeons aren't, no fun. How would you like to be sitting in a dungeon with a bloody back and you got these big rats running around you? Isn't that exactly what would be in a dungeon, right? 
big rats <laughs> running around you, and they're looking for their next meal. Anyway, okay, that doesn't, that's not in the word, but just in case you, anyway. Okay, 1626, 25, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So they were praying and singing praise. They weren't mumbling and complaining, right? They weren't saying, oh, woe is me, I got a lot of pain. But they were praying and singing praises. Praying and singing praises. They were pressing in to the thing that God had for them. They were pressing in. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, she was pressing in. And what she get? She suddenly got free from that infirmity. She suddenly got free. Amen? Suddenly got free. And so that Paul and Silas suddenly got free. But see, there was more to that than, than just getting free. God had a plan to bring that whole family to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So he'll take a situation that looks terrible, especially for you, <laughs> looks bad, and he'll turn around, and he'll bring himself glory by using you to teach the, the, the gospel to somebody or bring them to the salvation, to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He'll use you in the midst of a tough spot. He'll use you. I mean, I've been there many times, many times, where he's used me when I want to just go sit in a corner and cry about something. Mostly it's the church, you know, but he'll use me to bring a change in that person's life. Yeah, yeah, I deal. I deal with, with fleshly stuff that wants to make me go over in a corner and cry, but I don't allow it. I don't let it. What good does it do? Huh? Where, where am I going to go with it? Am I going to get a victory because I sit down and cry somewhere? Huh? Do we get victories that way? No. God says if we do it his way, if we do it his way, if we praise and we worship him and give him glory, He's going to deliver us out of the dungeon. He's going to set us free. Amen? He's going to do that. And the church has got to get a handle on more of that. A handle on more of that. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. But anyway. Okay, let's look at Acts 12. We've got to back up just a little bit. Acts 12, please. Acts 12, 7. And this is about Peter. <clears throat> Peter was in, you know, he, he'd been doing the right things. You know, he'd been doing the right things, but there was an attitude that Herod had, and he thought, well, he killed James, and so he was going to take care of Peter at the same time, because everybody liked it that he killed James. Well, but look at what happened here. So Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church. Prayer was being made fervently. Fervently. It's not just... God, please, can you help him? Could you help Peter get out of prison? That's not the kind of prayer we're talking about. <laughs> maybe if you will, please. Will you? Maybe? Maybe? I've been good today. Will you do that? That's not the kind of prayer. It's the kind of prayer that is full of power. It's the kind of prayer that believes that what I pray is going to come to pass. It's that kind of prayer. Like it says in... in um, First John uh, 5, 14 and 15. I have confidence in my prayer. The one I pray and, and pray in line with God's will that it is going to happen. 
And I, I'm assured, I'm assured of that because I have that confidence because I'm praying in line with his will. Well, they were praying in line with God's will here, weren't they? Well, you pray in confidence because you believe you receive the minute you ask him to do those things which you, which you have requested him. You believe you receive it. And again, going back to if you doubt, if you doubt, are you going to receive? Oh, that was not meant enough people. If you doubt, are you going to receive? Yeah, so if you doubt when you pray, forget it. Just forget it. And even when you, I mean, you, that has to start out with prayer, whatever we're believing for right now. But you, even when you pray and you ask and you believe he's going to receive, then six months later, do you doubt? No, we don't doubt six months later, even if we don't see it. Okay, two years later, do we doubt? What do we do during that time frame? those are all good what do we do we give him praise and glory amen we praise him and thank him for what he's doing yeah we praise him and thank him for what he's doing and if the lord prompts you to intercede which is there's nine different kinds of prayer but if the lord prompts you to intercede about the situation then do it you need to do it amen if you don't know anything about intercession Come and sit down. I'll talk to you about that. <laughs> anyway, I, I really like that area. So, so twelve seven twelve seven. Let's see. No wait. Yeah, Acts twelve seven. So, and then here's the suddenly coming up. And behold, an angel of the Lord. Well, is anybody following me? Acts twelve seven. And behold, an angel of the Lord. Suddenly, suddenly appeared, suddenly appeared, and the light shone in the, in the cell, and he struck Peter's side and roused him, saying, get up quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Well, good night, Peter was sleeping. Would you be able to sleep in the midst of knowing you're going to die the next day? <laughs> well, we should have that much peace about every situation we're in. Amen? <laughs> Amen. We should have that much peace about every situation. Knowing that God is on my side, whatever God said, he's going to bring it to pass. Amen. God is on my side. He is for me. He is not against me. So if he's for me, he's doing great things, even though I can't see him. And they're going to suddenly appear. Suddenly happen. Suddenly happen. This should be increasing your faith and the ability to pray and believe that what you prayed is going to come to pass. It doesn't matter if it's 10 years, 5 years, 6 years, whatever it is. If God's told you, then you pray and believe you don't get wishy-washy and doubt. You believe what he has said is going to happen, and it will. Amen? It will happen. Now, there's a place. Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, okay, so we'll get... We'll get um, I want to... Uh, let's see. Um, I want to go, I want to talk a little bit about the, um, shifting that, that we're in, we're approaching or some of it's happening. If you go back and read the word that, um, Nathan gave us, there's talk, talking in that word. And I haven't read it lately. I, I don't know. I think Zach and Ruby have, but it talks about people getting into a place of position in a position 
Um, and that would be what God has called you to do. Not necessarily your final calling. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, I didn't start out being a pastor. <laughs> I started out in children's church about the age of 11, teaching kids. And so I didn't start there. But everything that we do, we're always going from glory to glory. We don't start out as an apostle and prophet at the very end of the ladder. We don't, at the top of the ladder, we don't start out there. We start out and God starts grooming us because if he knew if he put us up there at the top of the ladder, we could fall, especially if we were jealous or if we were fearful or if we complained or if we murmured. And so he won't, he won't do that. But what he'll take us is he'll take us through, take us through step by step, getting rid of the junk off of our lives. You know, as we press into him, as we seek him first, as we seek him, then he's going to deal with things, areas in our life. We don't have to go digging for him. We don't have to do that. God's a good God, and he's going to reveal to you what's going on. If you want to get rid of something in your life, if it comes up in front of your face and you ignore it for 10 years, well, then plan to stay stuck in the same space, same place. You won't excel in your calling. You won't do anything that way. But if you, if you, God shows you something, be quick to deal with it. I don't care if it's unforgiveness. <laughs> I don't care if it's unforgiveness or uh, torment, whatever, fear, whatever it is. If he shows you something, deal with it. We're not playing games anymore. Uh, we're just not. We're in a place now where things are starting to heat up. <laughs> starting people are needing to get busy and do what God tells them to do and be obedient to that. We, we uh, The church at large for years has just been apathetic, complacent. I'd rather watch the football game. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do that. And I'm not saying it, it isn't okay to do that. But if God has you... It's directing you to go do something else, then go do that. Let the football game go. The blessing is not in watching the football game. The blessing is in being obedient to what God has told you to do. Am I right? Oh, that was pretty weak. <laughs> the, the blessing is being obedient and doing what God tells you to do. Okay, I'm glad God's got something he's saying today because this is just not necessarily what I've been Got on my paper at all here. But anyway, we're in a place where we're getting ready to shift into things. Let me see if I have the definition of that. Um, yeah, um, this is a definition I came across. Um, a divine shift will cause a supernatural advancement and or upgrade in your spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, financial, career, character, and um, conduct, your status. Amen? Can we read that again? A divine shift will cause a supernatural advancement and or upgrade in your spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, financial, your career, character, and conduct status. Amen? Amen. I, I'll just use me as an example. I, I started to say it a little bit ago. I bet you thought I forgot. I did. Anyway, <laughs> a little bit ago, when we was talking about, you know, where I was, I started teaching children's church when I was uh, 11. And he doesn't, he doesn't, he'll work with you each step. And so as, as my um, life progressed, there was other things that I learned. 
things that I needed to learn to be in the position that I'm in right now. And so when we experienced that shift with Richard leaving and me stepping into the, the pastoral role, that was a spiritual increase and in advancement that I had not experienced before. But I have had to grow into it, and I am still, sorry to say, still growing into that area. I believe I've, I've grown um, some, but not like I'd like to be. But my heart is to be all that God wants me to be in what I'm called to do right now, serving him in everything that I know to do. So then, then there will be an advancement again. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's nothing that I try to figure it out. I'm, I'm doing what I know to do right now at the best of my ability, giving it all I can. You understand what I'm saying? So when we, when we are moving from position to position, there'll be things in those positions that you will learn. Maybe there will be a thing in that position. I can remember years ago when um, there was a, I was in a church and this lady, I, I've told you before, she could, she could just watch and discern something on, on with somebody like watching the TV. And so that always, I, I had to not deal, I had to get rid of any jealousy. That wasn't God. Was that jealousy going to help me learn how to walk in the gifts of the Spirit? No, that wouldn't help me at all, so it's important. So during that time frame, I had to get rid of that. I had to walk free from that. So there's things that in a shift are things when you're moving up or down. Um, up, shouldn't be down. Should not be down, folks. We shouldn't be going down, <laughs> down the ladder, right? You understand what I mean? You shouldn't be in an area of sin because that will take you down the ladder. Anyway, you should be always moving up and excelling in what you have been placed to do right here. And, and, and seeking the Lord and finding out, Lord, what do I need? So, it, it, and that isn't, I'll tell you, when, when in this position, believing God for what he wants to do in this whole area of the United States, believing God for that, there's a lot that's going on with me to get rid of junk, unbelief, any unbelief, any uh, cares and anxieties coming, becoming stronger in who he is and who I am in me. Amen? And so it's really important that we we um, not neglect what we need to change, but we change it. We change it. We become more like him. Always going from glory to glory and faith to faith, we become more like him. In every situation, every place. So right now in the position that I am, I'm seeking him. I'm spending more time with him than I ever have. I'm reading the word more than I ever have. Trying to get to... Um, be obedient in every area that he's asked me to do. Amen? And through those, all those times of changing and shifting, you know, I like to, I like to go shopping and I still do. I don't negate doing that. But if there's something that God has me doing that, the shopping is second place. But, um, in all those times I've watched things fall off that I used to like to do a lot. And I would spend time doing them a lot, you know. Um, lot more TV than there is now. <laughs> anyway, right now I'm into Perry Mason, so I don't know what that's about, but I really like watching Perry Mason. Maybe it's so I can figure you guys out. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so so it, it, it's just, you know, that that's about it as far as anything I watch on TV. And I don't like to watch any news anymore because I like to stay in faith with what God's doing in this country and not be discouraged. Amen? Because there's a lot of words out there and a lot of words we have to 
We have to bat them down, okay? Anyway, I want to go to, um, um, let's see. Let's look at Numbers 14. I don't know if that we went there. We might have, but uh, maybe I said we'd come back to that. Um, oh, my goodness, it's after. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's the way it is today. <laughs> Numbers 14, I just want to talk a little bit about this shift because I want you guys to understand that you can, there's things you can do, you know, like we just looked at in the, in the um, suddenly thing uh, that they did in, in Acts. Um, the suddenly, what we need to be doing in, in, in to expect is suddenly is to be in fellowship with him and to be worshiping and praising and have that personal relationship with him. That personal relationship with him because you're going to be the first one he's going to talk to about you. A prophet comes to town. That isn't the first one God's talked to. The first one that God has talked to about you will be God himself. He'll talk to you. He's not. He, and then when a prophet speaks something out or shares, or, you know, I'm, uh, if, if I have a word for the, from the Lord, God has already talked to you about that. What I say to you should not be anything new. It should be already something God has talked to you about. Does that make sense? Okay, so so we talked about the things that, and, and when we do that, we, we spend that personal time with him, then he's going to download a whole bunch of stuff. Some days it won't be a lot, and, and um, it's just a time of fellowshipping and worshiping him and loving him. Some days he'll talk to you about a whole bunch of things that you need to change or that's coming. He's going to show you things to come, remember? And so, so that personal time with him is so important that you fellowship with him. And then when you come here on Sunday morning or Wednesday nights, you are ready to go. You are ready to go because you have been there and done that. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Okay, so numbers. Let's see, where are we at here? Oh, whoops. Numbers 14, I believe. Didn't I say 14? Fourteen nine, and this has got this has got to do with the spies, but we're not focusing on the spies. But we're focused. What we're focusing on is is what hindered them from making the shift into a greater spiritual event for them, into the promise that God had for them. Basically, we're we're going to focus on what you shouldn't be doing if you're wanting to move into that promised land. Amen. Okay, so this is, this is all about, they were shifting. They were getting ready to shift, but they became rebellious and disobedient. And verse 9, we'll see that, uh, 14, 9, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear. There was two things there, at least two things. They rebelled against God. They didn't want to go in, even though God had said it was going to be theirs. They didn't, they didn't do, rebellion is, is, um, um, Against God, all, all complaining is against God. I would have to say all rebellion is against God as well. Amen? Um, uh, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be our prey. The protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. So, so they were trying to get them not to be afraid, to, but to go ahead and go on in. Um, then of course, let's look at 11. Like I said, we're not, we're not talking about the whole thing. We're just looking at what the things were that they were doing. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people spurn me? And how long will they not believe in me? Despite all the signs 
I, I've asked that question too. How long? How long? All the signs that they saw and all that time that God led them out of Egypt, how, all those signs, how could they not believe? Oh, uh, well, okay. Okay, so verse um, 22, then go over to 22. Um, Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these ten times. And have not listened to my voice. They did not listen. They did not adhere to it. Okay? Um, then verse 24, I think is the next one, yeah. But my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully. So Caleb had followed them fully into what God had promised. He was following God, God fully. I mean, he didn't have a, well, I, oh, I'm not sure. Is this right? He knew exactly what God has said, and he stayed with him. He didn't doubt. He didn't cast any doubt. I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. So so Caleb was one of them that did go in along with Joshua. Okay, and let's look back, please, at Hebrew, Hebrews 3.17. I promise that we're going to get done here before uh, 4 o'clock. I, I'm, I'm trying, really. You guys, did you bring a snack or something? Um, Hebrews 3, please. 17 and 19. And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Now remember, God was angry at them, but who stood in the gap for these people? Moses stood in the gap. Yeah. Moses, he, he got a good deal for him. God was ready to annihilate him, but Moses got a good deal, you know. Um, and, and it says, verse 17, Hebrews 3, verse 17, And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they should not enter his rest? But to those who were disobedient? Because see, you see right there, they did not obey. And, and verse 19, And so we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. They disobeyed and they, well, they disobeyed because they didn't believe, but because of unbelief, amen? Okay, unbelief kept them out of that promise. So that happens when we're, when we're believing God, we've been given a promise and we start doubting just because we don't see it in two seconds or two minutes. The, the answer to that, we start doubting. Instead, we should be continuing to confess and believe that that promise is going to come to fa- pass. Amen. We shouldn't be doubting about it. Okay. So we, we should, and, and unbelief then will keep you out of that promise and you're suddenly from happening. It'll keep you out of it and you're suddenly from happening. It doesn't make any difference if it's been 10 years coming. You stay steadfast. You continue to believe him. You stay steadfast in it. And then suddenly it happens. Amen. That'll happen suddenly. But if you're in doubt and unbelief, well, then you got to start over, <laughs> kind of. You know, you got to say, Lord, I repent for being in doubt and unbelief. I am so sorry because I know you promised me that. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And Father, I do believe what you have told me, and I'm going to believe it in my heart, and I'm going to confess it with my mouth that what you have said will come to pass. And so you stay steadfast like flint on that until it comes to pass. Amen? Amen. I, I know I know there's more, but we're a quarter after now. So, Father, we just want to thank you for your word. 
that moves swiftly and, and doesn't return void, but it accomplishes a, a, a work in each one of these people and in the, that their ears are, are full to overflowing and that they are not only a hearer, but they're a doer of the word today. They believe you and that they're encouraged to believe you because it doesn't make any difference. Father, if you've told them, it will come to pass. If they stay steadfast and they continue to believe and confess with their mouth, they will have that which they have asked from you or you have promised. We just give you all the praise and the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.